Um, I have no idea. (laughs) Okay, well, get on Tinder. You're a single bachelor and the lockdown's ending, so you can go back on Tinder. But if point is, you've got to grab people's attention. And this is just a lot of redundant space. And then the next thing this, this person jumps into is they talk about their education and education again. Wow, this is a terrible template. Mm. But if you think about it, right, the, la- the most relevant thing in a CV is probably going to be your current job right or the job that you finished last because that's the most relevant bit so you're going to have that backed up with your education and backed up with your software okay so number one on the list oh we'll do another impromptu banner is um number one well what should we call it i think clear use of the page space Clear, clear use of the space and more of it, I'm thinking about be efficient. Be efficient with the use of the seat. Make an impact. You're going to make an impact and be efficient with the, with this, with the space you can use to grab their attention. Okay. All this on the fly because I'm Improms, living in my kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> I'm living in my kitchen. But that's the most important thing. The whole theory of what we're doing is to grab people's attention. You need to totally grab people's attention. And you need to be really efficient with the way you use the CV. And I would think this is a, this is an excellent example of how not to be efficient. Well, what's um, your current thoughts when you look at this CV? And you don't have to go on to that point that I've raised. It can be other things as well. But what really jumps out to you so far as being a bad example of a CV? And then we'll get to some better examples. Yeah, well, I think um, is the, the biggest problem with the CV is is the use of space because, as, as you quite mm. clearly mentioned, um, and it was the use of space and also its structure as well. I mean. Yes, you might have an argument if you're quite early on in your career and you don't have much professional experience, then of course, maybe you're going to talk a bit more about your education because you've not got anything else to revert back to. Um, but ideally, if, you do, if you've been working uh, at, least with one, at least one year's experience, or even if it's less than that, if it's still relevant professional experience, it still should be the first thing that they should see. So that should, first of all, be above the education. Uh, and then additionally as well, improve the use of space and uh, because there's a lot of there's a lot of emptiness there and that translates to you because it looks like oh and that person hasn't really got much it's something that really stands out let's I say agree. it's super super forgettable yeah. we've got one or two things coming in so good work guys from madge well we do try to do it on the fly and sean points out here junior high if you're a college grad i don't think that's important Probably true, Sean. I think you're right. I, what I will say, though, is that I've just downloaded these templates online and we're going to review if they're good or not. Generally, I think that you shouldn't really use templates at all. They're okay for a little bit of uh, initial inspiration. But to be to be honest, as an architect or designer, you want to be hired for your ability to design and probably you should do your own magic but we will give you a few things that when you're doing your own magic there's going to be things you can avoid so yeah this so we're going to get rid of this um cv if i had them scoring cards i would give it like an epic fail and if i had my soundboard here will i would kick it out of the room (laughs) awful awful cv into the bin you go so this is the next example i've got and so sorry i'm going to try and minimize these as we go along 
Um, but here's the first. So I think it's immediately better. But I want you to think about what we talked about before. So I'm just trying to gonna try and make this a little bit bigger, well, so that you guys can hopefully see it. Oh, I can like... see as well. Yeah. So basically, just before we even go into the details, just think of the page, right? Think of the layout. So we want to make an impact. So okay, you've got your name big here and your job position. Now I think it is good to always put with your job position. You need to have a little sentence saying who you are, what you're about, and what you're looking for, where you are, and when. I am Stephen Drew. I am an architectural assistant who is immediately available in the London area. Okay, boom. You know what they're talking about. What we don't want is this meandering big paragraph talking about how you love sustainability and da-da-da. You can touch upon that, but the start bit up here, have your like immediate action sentence. I am Will Ridgeway. I am I am uh I am working on Stephen Drew team and I'm not looking to leave either. <laughs> okay, so yeah, you wouldn't have a CV well. But I'm gonna zoom in here for you guys, but you can see what I mean. And then uh, here's a good topic. So we're talking about images and CVs. Should you put your profile picture on the CV? It's a controversial question. So the two arguments that I've heard is that on one hand, if you put your image you're building rapport okay because you're being you're you're immediately a little bit more of a person right the downside is that you unfortunately have risk of formulating unconscious biases in the reader okay they can make they can make assumptions where they don't even mean to this is what i'm on about it's unconscious biases so pictures can be um they can go either way, okay? So have a little think about that when you're doing a picture. If in doubt, do not put a picture. And generally, the work should speak for itself and the experience. And if it doesn't, that's going to be the undoing of your CV, not a pretty picture on there. Again, like I talked about before, I think like these introductions, you don't want a long meandering thing. You want to be really to the point. And I think everything that we're going to talk about today, the best CVs are to the point. Think of it like they grab the person's attention, the person can easily see all the information that they need and invite you for the interview. If you can do that, you've generally won. So let's go into it. So then we've got more blank space down here <laughs> and the contact details are all the way down the bottom. So this is a really strange layout. And the bit I think is this is a really strange use of the space. Now I see these a lot as well. So at least here we have dates on the timeline. I think this is a really good point to make. We'll put number two here. So I'm gonna say number two. Put your most recent work experience in the forefront of the CV. Okay, sorry, you can hear me typing away. <laughs> um, so put your most recent work experience in the forefront of your CV. Um, that's going to be... So your professional experience is always going to catch people's attention. And your most recent one is the most relevant, typically, right? What you did five years ago, that's great, but that was five years ago. So focus on your current existing role and make sure the dates are there. Try and avoid having, um, trying to avoid having ambiguous dates. 2009 to 2010. Yeah, well, definitely include the months. Include the months. And I mean, if you've worked somewhere for years and years, you could say, I joined in 2009 and 
I'm here in the present and that's fine because it's such a gap well do you know what I mean yeah. but I think especially if you're a part one or part two it does help to put down the months and the general rule with CVs or my thoughts are if you're conscious all of a sudden about thinking oh you know I've got a gap here it's been coronavirus difficult just embrace it because when you it's like that quote from Game of Thrones which is saying like where your insecurities on your you know where use them as a shield and what i'm using with this is just embrace it this has been coronavirus has been difficult that's why i'm available that's why you can hire me don't be embarrassed about it mistakes happen in life and or things happen events happen and just roll with it i think the the worst bit is when you've got dates that don't match up and you're being really unclear why because then what's happening is it's not about the fact that you've got the gap it's about the fact that you're not building up trust so here is perfect because it's december to september then uh, september 2014 goes into october 2014 great so when you've got in your cvs typically you write in the description so this to me is probably a little bit too thin Okay, and your current role should always be a little bit bigger than the other roles. But when you're there, so now we've got the Ipsen Laureate text. But I want you to always be literal when, when you're uh, if, in the CVs. So you can say, I was a part two architectural assistant. I was working on uh, the Ram Brewery. This is actually me. So the, here we go. So I did it stages one to three. I saw it through um, initial design stages to just going into tender stages. So that's Reba stages one to three. I did X, Y, Z packages. I had this experience. The project is um, X in value and how big it is. So what I'm talking about here is you always want to be very literal with your job description. I did the design coordination of a commercial uh, scheme in central London for Reba stages one to five. Super, super clear i lay the team of four yeah keep it always clear and concise so people can read it and they get a full understanding of what you are doing so here we go it's a point do you think the use of graphics would be ats friendly really good question now an ats is a technical term used in recruitment called applicant tracking system i've heard it all over the years well of oh do i need to make put keywords in like revit 10 times so the machine picks it up when i go to the don't worry about it because it typically in architecture you're going to be you're going to have your cvs they're going to be on in someone's inbox somewhere i don't know any architectural practices apart from the big companies maybe like fosters and partners which use an applicant tracking system so really what it is is about standing out okay and i will put that over don't worry about putting jargons in it reminds me years ago in mcdonald company well we had a marketing person that talked about always inserting keywords in your ads so that you the the system would pick it up and the point was well i didn't i i i think that sometimes that can make this robot talk so don't worry about should i put graphics in or not don't worry about keywords there um think about graphics like do, is it better in the cv or is it better in the portfolio well do you know what i mean if it if it's like sometimes i've seen like uh uh, pictures in a cv that do really well and they serve a nice purpose but other times they can really 
confused the CV. So, well, by the way, I'm just in motor mission mode for whatever reason. Feel free to jump in. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I agree with everything you said. Everything you said is, is spot okay. on. I, I was particularly interested in um, uh, when you were talking about um, the content itself, about what you were doing specifically, because that is important. I see a lot of people who are quite vague and it's very difficult to understand. And even when seeing a portfolio, it's still difficult to understand what their role was what state what reba stages were they working on were they front end or they across all stages and, and software as well what projects what software are you using on that particular project because yeah, good point a software. lot of people in their skill section they'll say i've been using revit autocad microstation um you know and but it's difficult to work out their experience on each because they're not yeah. detailed in their cv so that's important to know and uh, put cool. in Brilliant. I've typed up it as you said there, Will. Fantastic. So that was number four. And I'm going to say be clear with the dates of employment and embrace embrace gaps because you can clearly explain in an interview. You know, yeah, de- embrace it. Yeah, definitely don't lie about your dates. If you're a bit cautious because, and you're a bit cautious because, there was a two month gap and you decided to cover it by saying, oh, I was employed to that length. It will get found out uh, either through a reference check or, uh, or something. It will get found out and then it'll look even worse for you. Just embrace it and then you get the opportunity to explain it. And to be honest, at this time anyway, most employers are going to recognize that it's, it's been a tough time for a lot of people's jobs. So it's not yeah. surprising to see someone who hasn't worked since autumn last year, for example. Yeah, I agree. I'm just going to quickly check the comments before I got one or two points. Uh, thank you. Well, you're welcome. That No problem at all. <laughs> I keep the questions coming. I really, really appreciate the questions. That's what we're here for. So jumping down to education. So education is important to get there. Whether you need this much, I don't know. So like for me, uh, the fact that I've got my part one and part two in architecture and the grades is really helpful. But I now, the further in your experience, the less you need to put. So I would say if you're a graduate, putting in that amount of information is absolutely fine. But the moment you become a little bit more than a graduate, the moment that you've got more and more industry experience, it's more about the fact that you've done your part two and you have that grade. And the interesting bit is the job description that we talked about, Will. So that would be absolutely. my trade-off. Hey, my washing's done. Sorry, guys. I'm living in the living room for <laughs> last last day. Well, I can't wait to go back. Now, um, yeah, we need your soundboard. That's what I missed the most. I know. I, you know, when I go back, I'm going to be like, because I've been living in the living room. It'll feel like there's so much more space. <laughs> okay. Um, well, I wanted to talk about software um, and skills here. So this is a really good point to highlight. It. So I've got a theory that I want to talk at the end and will remind me. So the one role that you've got today, because you know me, my brain goes off on one, is got to remind me of your my holy free trinity concept and i am going to tell you guys that at the end if you stick around you will hear my the what i think is the the amazing triangle of awesomeness i got to think of a name to call it which grabs people's attention at the start the three things that people look at in cvs and the information you should put at the front so well remind you've me. really picked that up it better be better be worth it i'm telling you it's worth it but it ties in with everything we talked about okay so Software skills. Okay, wow. Softwares, this is so important. Everyone puts software in their CV and everyone rates themselves 4 out of 10. 10 out of 10. 6 out of 10. Yay. Problem is, is that that has no bearings to me. 
So I was a four hour, uh, four hour ten. I was an eight hour ten on Revit, maybe in two thousand and fourteen. But now it's very, very old. But I guess I could probably pick it up a bit easier than some if I pick, if I look oh, loaded it up again. The point is though, I think you should be really literal with it. And also, I see like a BIM manager is going to be really critical about the, on the amount of BIM knowledge they have compared to a part two. Right. So so basically, what is the difference between uh, how do you substantiate what is four out of ten, six out of ten? The really best way to do it. You can, if you want, put a scale there. But my advice with software is you should always be very literal with the examples. So the way I would do it is I would say uh, I would. Say now I've got Revit, you would you would put the most desirable softwares at the top as well. So Revit is going to go at the top because a lot of employers in the UK are looking for it. And I would say Revit, two years industry experience. Um, or you and then you could say six out of ten. Or you maybe you wouldn't even need to say that. You could just say Revit, two years experience. I guarantee yeah. you that's going to grab people's um, attention much more than saying six out of ten i don't care for a six out of ten what does it mean you know i rate myself seven out of ten yay so be really literal with software and certifications or anything like that is going to carry more weight in my opinion along with um the amount of time you've done it so hear me out so two examples so i have put in my cv here adobe illustrator four out of five Will puts in his CV, Adobe Illustrator, two years industry experience, three years using it in total, and I have Adobe Illustrator certificate. If you are looking for someone to do Adobe Illustrator, who are you going to hire? Me. Will. Will. You're going to hire him. So well done, Will. You got the job. Thank and this you. Is, <laughs> no problem. But you see, so when you're doing your CV, Get into the mind frame of someone who's hiring. And the person who's hiring is looking to solve a problem. That's what a job is. So you, there's a gap in the system, in the company, where someone is looking for your experience. So you need to say, hey, I have great design skills. I've used Revit for two years. You need to be really, really literal. And languages is a good example here of, say, whether it's native, second language, whether you've been learning it for three years, Put all that information down. So it's the same thing as the software. So there's a theme going throughout all this. It's being literal, okay? Being very literal with the job that you've done. You were um, saying that was a senior architect at Foster's and Partners. You worked on the, I don't know, a large airport, Reba stages, two to four. It's worth 300 million. It's based in the UK, whatever. You've got to be really, really literal with the examples. And if you're a student, talk about any experience that you've got in industry, work experience at the front. Okay. Whew, I'll have a breather. We'll move on to another example. Will. Now, what's your immediate first impressions when you look at this one? Uh, well, it's mainly, it's, mainly, it's mainly the color. Uh, I immediately see the name and I immediately see the experience at the top. I'm not a bit of a fan of the whole graphic artist in that blue font because I didn't notice that immediately. Yeah. Um, but, um, I mean, the, fo the, fo the font's quite big, um, which, I don't know. 
it depends depends really how much of the experience but there's not there's not a lot of um detailed experience for each particular job so it's a little bit similar to the one before it i mean it, it merely stands out because of the color compared to the other but i don't necessarily think it's all positive i think it's a mixture of positive and negative that was kind of not a very literal uh, explanation steve yeah but, uh, yeah no I like, I like it i agree and uh, the one bizarre thing it's interesting that we've got so much contact details down here for whatever yeah reason. i don't like them up there i normally there. like contact details at the top it's where like my brain is programmed to for some reason and you don't need to take up so much space you can just literally you can even I mean, address anymore. Just say based in London. Who's gonna yep. Who's gonna load your postcode anymore? Just say you're in London, and say put your email and your phone number. And you know, I I mean, I don't really think anyone needs your Facebook. No one needs to see you in Tiger and Tiger when you were when you were just you know in university. So don't even bother with it. We've got one or two comments here before we go in. Yep. My mate Yogi says Happy St David's Day for yesterday. All right, Yogi, how are you? Me and Yogi used to go to Tiger and Tiger in Manchester, actually. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One of us got kicked out once. So I would guess whether it was me or Yogi. But, um, yeah, Tiger and Tiger in Manchester. Me and Yogi are not welcome. But this was 10 years ago. All right. A lot happens in 10 years, right? We're professionals now, Will. Yeah? Yeah, we hope. <laughs> one would hope. Well, hopefully we'll redeem ourselves in this. So... Uh, Yogi had a really good CV, actually. Um, he actually, at the time, I'm going to embarrass him if he's listening. He took the theme of Windows with the desktop, and he had all like his experience in Windows bars with the oh, okay. Adobe and Revit icon, like the desktop icons. It was quite clever. That's pretty creative. Yeah, yeah it was really good. Yogi, maybe you can give me your permission. We can get you on here at some point. I'm going to move on. Let me get rid of these. So let me just get rid of these guys quickly. So we agreed in the bin. This one's, I think, personally, to summarize this one, for me, you, you got. I'm not a big fan of these. You know, yeah. I think the blue, okay, if you want, but you could do a lot more fun, have a lot more substance in it, and this kind of gray is a little bit overbearing for me. But... Let's talk about the information there, right? You will. We've got it squidged all the way up here, isn't it? It's just so small. Yeah, I, I think I preferred the CV before, I'll be honest. Even though it's got a lot more colour to it, I don't think it's gone in its favour. I think it's um, the actual content. Whilst the colour is important because it does effectively grab the attention, it also matters the content. So immediately I'm, my attention is grabbed, but I'm going to switch off very quickly if I haven't got the content there. Yeah, I hear you. And do you know the other thing that I popped up in my brain, Will? Yeah. Is the personal skills at the bottom, right? What is this? Personal skills. Creative. Creative, 8 out of 10. Innovation, 7 out of 10. Teamwork, 6 out of 10. Only this six. guy isn't going to get <laughs> on with me, right? But, but what? These are empty skills, you know? They are. Hey, Gregory. Welcome to the Fred. Uh, welcome to the Fred. Welcome to the workshop. These are empty, right? The best thing to do is you're gonna you can get you can weave in the fact that you're creative and you you work on teams and you innovate through your experience. It should be your experience and your academic work and your grades which illustrate that. So the stuff that I would put down here is this is a perfect example of like, in my opinion, empty information. And this could be better used for languages, like you mentioned before. Or for instance, like remember you did with like rugby 
and you were waiting. Uh, so you you put in your skills, you put in your extra curriculum. That's the kind of stuff that I would recommend that you put at the bottom there. When I when I you know like the extra anything extra curriculum awards, talking about tennis club, rugby club building up a rapport with the interview that's mm. the bit that i think is much more special because if for instance you say you go to rugby club it shows that you're social it shows that you've done certain things and then you have a passion for rugby now i've seen people get jobs on the fact that they have the same hobby than the, as their interviewer you know mm. uh, there's there was a director at 3d read that i always work with well and he loves rugby, and if you like rugby, it'll help in your interview. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> you still need to be good, but it's that little cherry on the top, isn't it? That people go like, oh, do you know what? I met Will. He's got the rabbit. He's got the experience, and he seems like such a nice bloke. Really likes the rugby, too. And that's the important bit you want to do. And I think that that's really, really going to clinch it. Whereas saying you're five out of ten of communication, again, we have the empty five out of yeah. ten has. what does that mean and it's um, like in innovation like well it'd be better if you're innovative put that into your work that into your um you know professional experience how have you been innovative have you created a plugin for example that could be useful exactly Actually talk about it in the professional experience rather than have that really empty at the top and then spread out just include it in there it adds so much more substance and it means more as well yeah, a bingo. Well said, Will. And so we should do this for number four. And number four is uh, number five. We're on number five now. Uh, number five. Oh, no. Number five was the software. So we're going to say be specific. 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 Specific with software skills. How many years? Sorry, hi guys. You have this is where everyone drops off. <laughs> yeah, it's you're definitely getting a one out of ten for communication. I know. Sorry, guy. Boom. Okay, that will do. So number five was the software. <laughs> Be specific with the skills. We don't want these six out of tens. We want, and it's the same thing with. So the whole point of it, there's a theme coming from this one, isn't it? Where we're less interested about the graphic design because the graphic design is really about supporting the content. But the big problems are, is it's like the, the it's like a house. You can paint the house, you can render the house, you can do whatever you want. But if the structure's there, not there, the whole thing's going to come down. And with a CV, this offers no value being creative. Saying I am creative, saying that's a lack of creativity I, there. <laughs> yeah, and this is like Photoshop. So be literal. Eight years Photoshop, boom. Okay, I um, participated in a competition design with four other students, and we were runner-up. Boom. I'm in the rugby club. Boom. I speak Spanish as my second language. Uh, it's my passion. Boom. Super, super literal stuff. You know. Uh, a 2-1 in architecture at the University of Manchester. Boom. That's all you need to put in there. Do you I know think what I mean? Yeah, I think a CV that was um, didn't have much graphic design at all to it, but had the literal information is going to stand out more to me than someone that's got all this wonderful graphics, but the substance isn't there because yeah. you know, the literal information is going to grab my attention because I'm going to see certain words and be like, 
Revit, okay, um, Reba, two, Reba Stage 2 to 5, for example, that's going to grab my attention. So it's important to focus on the substance first and then be, and then weave that into a creative way after. Yeah, completely agree. I think that's well said. So we're going to move on to the next one. I'm going to digest it here. We've got The Undertaker from WWF <laughs> or WWE. <laughs> <laughs> this is the best template I can find. I'm just going to do it quickly before we jump in one or two comments. Gregory loves the CV clinic. Thank you very much. We're going to be doing more of these in the architecturesocial.com. If you're not joined, you can join already. And you can you can join for free at architecturesocial.com forward slash join. We'll be doing more of these, but I like these CV things online. And actually, me and Will were thinking about what we're going to prepare before. And this is the kind of thing that we talk on a day-to-day basis with in our job. So it feels a bit more natural to me, Will. Yeah. Um, we, but we'll experiment with it as well. So I've got one or two more things popping up here. Um, add all the information, all that information in a covering letter. Now, ooh, I'm a bit controversial with covering letters. I think you don't, you don't need them that much anymore. I think like a strong CV paragraph, which isn't too long or waffling, and a CV and a portfolio is what people use. Okay, you can do a covering letter, and it's nice like a ribbon on top. But again, it's like a ribbon on top. The CV, everything lives and dies by the CV. The CV is like the heart or anything like that. And the portfolio is the strong document that goes alongside the CV, which just like pushes it through. And on that note, we've got here the Undertaker's CV and resume portfolio. So immediately, I would never put this picture. So Will knows me. And remember, everything we do here is our opinions okay but my opinion is based on the fact that i've done recruitment for seven years and i worked in industry so it's just informed on what i see works and what i see doesn't work but it's my opinion so remember you can tweak things the way you want and that's the point it's you are your designer you are the master of your own realm but i'm just trying to impart some thoughts for you to think about so immediately here, I start, me and Will's first reaction where we started giggling, okay? So on one hand, you could get noticed by doing this. On the other hand, I've already made an assumption that this person's a wrestler, um, which is probably not accurate at all. But look at this empty space. I'm, I, I'm a big believer in these, like, not using these uh, cover sheets. And I used to do them as well. So you do a portfolio and then you go, portfolio. And it's like, what is this space, Will? It's just... Yeah, so no. in, in recruitment, we always take them out because it's a waste of space. And like, look at this, right? Page oh, two is no. this quote. <laughs> so rule number one, the num- the biggest rule of them all. So just keep the CV, the CV, and put the portfolio, the portfolio. And ha- you can when you send the CV and the portfolio off in an email, you put the files as Stephen Drew, CV, Stephen Drew, portfolio, and Will Ridgway, CV, Will Ridgway, portfolio for him. Don't put... See Stephen Drew, CV version 2, 2021, final, final. Don't want that. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want that. And, and like this one. I think, Try. I mean, sometimes I've seen these CV and portfolio things which are good. But unless you've nailed it, stick with what works. CV and portfolio. You can be 
gutsy when you've had practice and you can do things. But this quote at the time, so I've opened this up. I don't, I know this guy's a web developer, so it's part two. Imagine this, right? So this is on the front page. Yeah. Okay. Then the next page, so I've already printed two pieces of paper out. This Daniel's killing my printer. And because it's black background, it's hammering oh, my printer no. <laughs> if yeah. I'm printing it out. And so we've got your cover and letter. I kind of like the signature here. If you want to do a cover and letter, you can do a cover and letter. Okay. I'm not saying, I'm just saying they're not as important as the CV and portfolio. So now I'm on page four to get to the CV, but I kind of like this layout ish so far. It's the best yep. one so far, Will, right? I think so as well. So far. Oh, sorry. Let me move my bar in. Will, remind me to put the bar in because... Ah, uh, sorry. <laughs> it's okay. We're, we're just try concentrating. Okay, so what works so far? The name's okay. You've got the, what you are down here. And then the contact details. I like that all the contact details are in one slim bar and they're at the top. And you just got them there, okay? Because the whole point is to make sure that someone brings you up for the job. Other thing while we're here, Will, so we'll do banner number six. I need to do, we, I missed one. Make sure that the contact details, <laughs> details work, okay? It's like the whole end point is to get your job. And it sounds bizarre, but I have done it where numbers don't work. I try to ring someone up to get them uh, to speak to them and I can't get a hold of them. Emails don't work. I've had emails being full. I've had um, voicemail um, inboxes which are full, Will. Do you know what yeah, I mean? I know. You can't leave a message. So you've got to make sure that your uh, your contact I, details are bang on. Yeah. I, just before you go in, Will, I actually once um, was switching mobile phones when I was looking for a job and the guy rang me up while I was switching mobile phones and I said, sorry, I was just switching mobile phones this morning. And you know what he said on the phone? He was like, yeah, that's not good, is it? And I was like, no. And then he's like, <laughs> well, we'll still book this interview in. But I felt such on the back foot. And it really put a damper on it. So make sure that the contact details work and they're at the top. Um, well, you were going to say something there. I can't remember. I've forgotten already. <laughs> Don't worry. We'll move, we'll move on. So this is dead space. Okay. So just get rid of this. And the other thing that I always find interesting is that everyone, including myself before you look at this, everyone loves to title what the pages are. Cover and letter, CV. I know what a CV is. Get rid of that, right? We know what it is. It's a CV. So just jump straight into the about me bit, okay? I'm Daniel Jones. I'm a web developer and web designer from Bali, Indonesia. Okay, right. So this is a much more literal example than the others. I am Stephen Drew. I'm a part two uh, artificial assistant immediately available in London. Okay. And then you put one or two things like, I am looking for an architectural practice in central London where I can do my part two. Da, da, da. I'm immediately available. I'm immediately available from March. Okay. That's much more literal and useful. Um, try not to go off on a tangent. Like my life's purpose is to be a da, 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 um, or I have a super passion for sustainable design and I am a creative thinker. Okay, that's fine. You can say that you're sustainable in the interview, but the important bit is that you're a part two. Be smart about it. I am a part two artificial assistant immediately available with Revit. And I had got a two one in my course. I'm ready to go. You know, it's much more literal. It's like, oh, I can 
you know, this part two I can use uh, on my project with Revit. And you must be smart because you got a 2-1. You don't need yeah. to say you're smart. Put your grades down or put whatever because that says you're smart without you saying, I am smart. You know what yeah. I mean? Personally, I don't mind the, the amount of space he's taken up for the about me section because it looks it's it's pretty concise. Also, I don't know what the content yeah. is, um, but it yeah. doesn't take up much space at all. So I think it's fine. Fair enough. Do you think, what about this though? Well, this bit. Oh, get rid of that completely. What's the point? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> See, and this is it. So like while me and Will agree on a few points, everyone, remember, everyone has a difference of opinion. So you want to touch base with, you want to just kind of basically make, avoid the mistakes that everyone makes that is easily avoidable, right? So hopefully this is kind of starting to make you think. It's making you think, good to put this at the top, good to put the about me at the top and the contact details clearly. And with this, it's not too bad, but what I would argue, well, just thinking out loud, you could probably squash all this to there. So you could you could move the skills across, right? Yeah. And then you'd have more room for the employment. Yeah, I agree completely because it's got nothing for the education, so you can quite easily push it across. And yeah, the bar, the bar's so big, and <laughs> bars again, right? So I'd say like one year, five year, one, two, three, four, five. Personal preference. I like to be literal. Let me just check the comments. Um, Sean's got a good point here. Please don't use your current employment email. Or use a personal one that is simple with your name, not like littlekitties12 at AOL.com. Yes, I completely agree. Shot the amount of times. One of my friend's emails, which reminds me, so I'm Welsh. My One of my mate's emails is Wooly Welsh Bloke. Okay. <laughs> and what you don't want to do is be Wooly Welsh Bloke at Hotmail, because that's what was around, or Yahoo.com. Yeah. You, you want to completely. Um, you want to uh, use a professional email. So really, really good point. I'm going to keep that up, actually. Thank you, Sean. Super, super useful. Good example with Sean would be sean.page at googlemail.com. So mine is sj. So, oh, my, I'm not going to say where it's What, what is your email? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, no. I almost outed my email. But it's my two initials and my, and my surname uh, at something.com. You know, so it's good to have a really professional uh, email as well great oh this this is cool this is probably the best one we've done so far in terms of like this template if you were to use a template is one that I, you could actually i think get out and make it decent but you should always try and do these yourself from the start so you've got your employment i would like to see more employment but you've got the dates here it all kind of works it's got a concise order now references we haven't talked about references so far um um, so you can always, I think, and I used to put references available upon request, but always include references, include references if you can, but you don't need to, uh, you don't need to put the mobile phone on there. You can say, I have a reference from the art director at Norman Foster's, um, available. Or I can arrange the, uh, the reference on request. So I personally prefer that because it's kind of like the halfway point so that you have references. You can It shows that you can substantiate them, but you don't need to plaster Kevin's phone number all over the internet, you know? I agree. Um, don't put the contact details in. I mean, you can put, um, you can put the name uh, or say, you know, what, what position is. So it looks like a 
genuine reference um, that you can obtain. Um, but if you don't have references available, don't even need to put references available upon request because that's um, obvious, really. You can just leave it out completely, I think. Yeah, and with references, the pecking order is obviously if you can get a reference from your line manager or a client you've worked with, that's the golden goose. Um, but your tutor, a reference from your tutor is equally good if you're in university. And also character references are great for your first-time job if you're a graduate. So saying something like, um, you know, say now I was in the rugby club, then, you know, the team leader or something like that, uh, uh, what they call well because you're a sports person the captain the captain, captain. <laughs> yeah the captain is the captain oh no yeah i, thought I, was well, I don't know the captain or the manager depends on who you're specifically targeting here but yeah the club or. leader or something or say now the you coach. you do extra, you do yeah the coach <laughs> yeah the coach <laughs> that's what i was looking for the coach would say <laughs> will works really hard do you know what i mean if you had coach coach daniels down there or whatever I think that that would help. So references, do try to put them in if you can. With this, see, education, I mean, I wouldn't put it there. That's normally where I put the references and, like, the last stuff. But you could, you with reference with education, this is kind of the size I would do. And I would maybe put yeah. it over there so that you can just suddenly have your education there. So it's about being really resourceful. Ah, that's the word we want it, Will. Really re- resourceful. resourceful. Yeah. I think it really... It does really depend, though, on your where you are in your career. Of course, if you're very early on in your career, then the education section is going to be a lot bigger, and so it's not going to be tucked away in the corner. However, if you've got 10 years of professional experience, that education, is, you don't really need to re- refer to it. It's just there in a, there in a small space. That's yeah. all you need to do, really. Yeah. Um, so it's, important, it's different for everyone. So whatever we talk about isn't specific, specifically going to cover every person at different points in their career. It's going to be one or the other more yeah i agree and this is an interesting point putting your contact details on um more than one pages can sometimes be effective now this page is complete filler so i don't know if you need this but let's go let's talk about portfolio so far so now i've seen it two ways so there's there's kind of two ways to go about it i've seen sometimes a strong cv like at the front and then i've seen people do like what's a miniature sample portfolio inside the cv which can be two or three pages and works but typically what um this you could do a portfolio document which is a few pages one to ten pages maybe 15 and a push but that's probably a lot in a separate portfolio so it's up to you whether you include a cv and portfolio in the same file but typically i think that a portfolio should be a separate pdf I've seen it a lot of the times where I send a CV and portfolio together and the architectural practice will go, where is the portfolio? Because people don't go to the sheet. So have a think about what works for you. Are you going to put a CV, one or two pages, and then jump to this kind of portfolio? Or are you going to do a big portfolio, uh, a bigger portfolio that you send with an email? Now, me and Will are going to do portfolios next week. So don't worry too much about portfolios. We will do I think Tuesday again, I think will yep. works for us, isn't it? And we will go over portfolios and we will talk about the current ways that the kind of things that works. But I'm quite enjoying this so far, this kind of CV format. Well, I think yeah, we got a live reactions to it. I think it's quite genuine. Yeah, I think so too. So I'm going to, uh, let's have a quick look at one or two. So this one's the same. So we're going to, this one is 
rubbish and i think we covered off better so we don't need that well i think we're going to end on this bit and then what i'm going to do is maybe we talk a little bit more theory to for 10 more minutes or so well and if anyone has any questions then they can ask it to us here so guys and gals anyone listening if you've got any questions please let me know and while i'm here if you've got any questions after this you can find me and will um me a bit more than will um it's just because will has a life and i should have a life will, but i don't i have less of a life so- the architecture social yeah and i i love the architecture social and it's getting to a point now will where it's much more interesting as a community it's growing and it's really interesting that i'm not the only person talking there and it's really living breathing on its own but if you want to go to a supportive environment where you can even post your cv and portfolio for comments you can do it in the architecture social obviously remove your contact details I would much prefer that under GDPR. Uh, I don't, you know, it's more about talking about your CV and portfolios, but you can do that in the architecture social. It's a safe place to do it. So moving on. So we got Alex looking very, um, would you put an image of you sucking a straw wheel in a a portfolio CV? It's a bit, it's a bit, um, wow. Okay. Point is, I'm having a joke, but don't put uh, a picture of you sucking a straw. Okay, you want to kind of. I think of... it's meant to be a pencil to be sort of like, uh, in like looking like it's about to draw, draw something really good. Yeah, now but I see it. I, it's a, but it's, at the same it's... time, clearly you thought it was a straw, so let's just get rid of it completely. <laughs> Point is, Will's right. It's a pencil, but I thought it's a straw, and people will be making these quick decisions looking at your CV on the basis. And while we were having a giggle about this being, um. Alex sucking a straw. It, what you don't want to do is have people distracted away from your work because immediately, man, me and Will are having a giggle about this picture. I Will knows me. I got the attention span of ten seconds. Something pops in. I'm suddenly, you know, uh, taking a call in the office, and Alex's CV's down. So you always want to hit people with the goods. So this, okay, is quite. You know, it's a classic kind of layout here, isn't it? Well, we've got the, you know, the contact details. Um, we've got the little profile. I think, like you said, I think it's probably a bit too long for me, but I'm guessing for you, it's like kind of a good length because you like a little bit more there, which is fine, isn't it, Well, So Yes, it's, it's fine. It depends what really what the content is. Uh, and also, if you have a covering letter as well, then it's, you don't need to put as much in the profile if you're sending it with a covering letter. Yeah. Um, but it's just more no. about where you are at, available immediately. That's really what you need to put. Okay. In my opinion. All right. So, so fair enough. So this kind of CV, what I was thinking of, is probably a really good like size layout for a graduate. You know, it's not too long. It kind of hits the, the nail on the head. I think when you're uh, working in the industry, you're probably going to have need a second page, especially when you get to the point of being qualified, because it's just really hard to put all the like the juicy information that you need in that experience bit. So. Do not feel, don't feel like the worst thing you can do is almost like cram too much on one page. Allow stuff to breathe. Like this page actually is probably uh, this one and the other one we've done before are much better examples than the first one of good graphic design layout because everything breathes. Alex is up here enjoying his pencil. It kind of all, it all like works. And what I like here, and this is a bit where we get into the 50 minute mark, so I'll reveal it. My awesome triangle of free. Okay. So when you have a CV, the goal 
of it is to say clearly who you are. You put a little bit of this, but the, the magic free trio, which is good to get in your CV at the start, is your current employment, right? And then they got, so that someone can instantly, number one, see the uh, what you've done in industry. They can see typically what your experience is. So UI designer at Starbucks here, or so say now you're a part free qualified architect at EPR Architects. Not that I know why you'd be looking because they're an amazing employer. But, you know, you put up there so immediately someone knows what you are. Then the second bit of the triangle, you want really close to this. You want it like here or something. So in me, the triangle's here. And the triangle I would do is education really briefly up here. Well, like this, up yep. there. So you see that you've got your part one, part two. It's really quick. You've got your work experience there. And so I immediately know in the triangle that... You are someone that got a two one, and you you got your or your your part three qualified, or whatever, right? And you got your two one up here, boom. You're you're a project architect at Stephen Drew Architects, Woolwich Way Architects, boom. And the third bit of the triangle is the software. Okay, so what I'm saying here now, think about it like you're an employer. If you can quickly see that three nuggets of information. Very quickly, you're, you're going to be interest. You're going to be of serious interest. Okay, so if you can somehow explain that you're a part free qualified architect with residential and commercial experience at EPR Architects with four years Revit, you're going to get a job in interview. So it's kind of like my it's the theory of free, or is it theory of four? We'll see if it's three or four. But like. I've just invented this on the spot. Trademark, trade. Don't, don't, don't rip it off, everyone. Pretty funny. You got inspiration from it somewhere else. Yeah, there'll be like hundreds <laughs> of them. So, damn, damn, damn. That was my, that was like my 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 course in the <laughs> making. Gone. Joking around, but um, why I I feel this is so important is because it's like it, it, why I'm saying it's a triangle is like if you can get these three bits and you rename this to education or you renamed it to qualification or whatever and you've got it down here it's really quick and you go boom 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 the eye goes to the three things in the CV and the top half of the CV is the most important bit you got down here your little um, maybe you put the, the profile description here I am a part two. Da, 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 da. Okay, yeah, you can see I am a part two. Qualified, two one. Boom. Ex industry experience at EPR Arctics. Boom. Then you've got your Revit. And you, rather than saying this bar, because that means nothing, you say four years. So you have a literal experience of free. So I don't know if it's quite education or qualifications, well, where I'm going, well, but it's like qualified, what your job title is and where you're working and the air uh, with the sectors in the job description and the software i think that is my the powerful combination what, what do you think well is it craziness or was it worth the wait no i completely agree i think those are definitely the three most important things and whether it's qualifications same education same it's the same thing i think it's different difference for certain points in your career if you're a lot more professional you've got more professional experience then qualifications is probably what you're going to name it um 
But um, yeah, I think that's important because for me, if I'm looking, if I've been briefed by an architecture practice, say they're looking for someone with aviation experience, they've used Revit and they are a project architect, for example, those are three things I'm going to look for in the CV. So if I can immediately identify them when I look at a CV, that's going to help me pick up the phone and give it, give them a ring. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, there we go. We uncovered the mystery together. Next time, I'm going to write up the points. Well, I got to I got to seven, and then <laughs> we kind of we kind of I went off. Sorry, see so a ten second attention span. It's all right. <laughs> absolutely, but I embrace it because uh, while in some sense it's a weakness, and this is a strength. So I'm just kidding. No, 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 no. You're you're cool. I know it. I always tell you. Why I joke about it? You got to laugh about these things. But you know, with me, will. If you if the CV grabs my attention in ten seconds and I'm excited, typically it'll grab a client's attention because while Absolutely. I have a short attention span, clients are busy. I'm not saying they're they're uh, they're not paying attention. I think think they got distractions everywhere. So if you can get a client excited about your CV in that ten seconds, you've won. You know, like people say, uh, you make a first impression. You know, when they you meet someone. Someone's made a first impression and it's very hard to claw back from that. That's kind of true. And I think it's like a CV, okay? Because if you don't catch someone's attention in the first five to 10 seconds, are they going to click and keep going or are they going to switch off? And now I think they're more likely to switch off. And my, I'm not saying all employers, but look at it like web design. I do web uh, web design, part of the architecture social. So what I do, because I work at night, I work my day job, I work at McDonald's company. I, I lead the architecture team with Will. It's amazing. He's on my team as well. That's what I do there. But outside of hours, I've done a bit of web design. And what I've learned, Will, is that if someone doesn't like the website in the first three to five seconds, they click away. And yep. I think that's very similar to what we see in terms of our day job at McDonald's company a lot. I think employers will only really look at CVs that are bad, long, or, or but we would never send a CV bad. But what I'm saying is if a CV is not on point or they feel it's not on point, they will only really keep reading if they're desperate to fill the role. And usually there's choice, especially now in the pandemic. So you need to stand out. So... You should um, make it really, really clear all the awesome stuff you offer, okay? So let's look as a summary now at the points we made. And I'm sure there's one or two more I didn't write up and we'll, <laughs> we'll add them to the end. But number one, make an impact. Be efficient with the space you can use to grab their attention. So this is the better example of the ones we've seen before. But I would personally change things a little bit different. I think there's still some space issues you can change with that one as well. You can yeah. improve it. Yeah, sorry. No, all cool. I agree. Well, and so second, put your most recent work experience to the forefront of your CV and be specific and literal with the description of your experience in industry. Part two, architectural assistant working on large-scale residential scheme in London, Reba stages two to four. Yeah, that kind of thing. Be really clear in, with the dates of employment and embrace the gaps because you can clearly explain them. You can explain them clearly in an interview. Okay, better that than hiding things. B 
Be really specific with your software skills. How many years you've used the software is better than a generalization of four out of 10. Make sure that the contact details work because you want them to call you at the end of the interview. And I should have added to here, make sure that they're clear and easy to find at the top. Always include references if you can, but you do not need to put the contact details in. Just who the person is and what company. Coach Daniels at Will Ridgeway's Rugby Club or um, your team leader at the architecture practice. Make sure, and this is the one I'd write up now, that the most important information gets seen at the front and not overlooked. There's no point it being in the third page. You need to be there at the front and grab their attention. And that typically is your work experience, your software, and if you're qualified in your education. But the qualified in education is literally a tick. It's a tick. No one cares about, uh, you know, what modules you got, this and that. Oh, well, typically, I've seen a few employers which will resonate towards stuff, but general you can always go into that in the interview these are the things these are the most common things we see if you apply to somewhere like heatherwick studios you might want to include a little bit more about your hand drawing or your thesis or stuff that you've done like building exhibitions at burning man okay but if you're applying to a large-scale architecture practice these are the kind of things especially a commercial architecture practice typically goes through Okay, so here we go. Let me see. I've got one or two comments here. Let me see. Um, here we go. Nora says, I think, though in design, it is different. Yes, it's great to have experience in Revit and good to have a capture in CV, but we are much more than that. Design is a package of personality, plays a big role. So how will they get to know us as designers more than technical robots. No, think of this like the brief, okay? Think of it like the design. You have the same parameters as everyone else. You've got to convey your CV and portfolio and grab their attention so you can get the interview, okay? What we're trying to do is like get you in the door to get you into meet them so you can show your beautiful personality and show all the stuff you can do but you've got to get people through the door unfortunately in life it's like tinder profiles like everything people make decisions really quickly and so you're not a rent you're not a um a robot per se and far from that but think about it like a business owner he needs someone who is gonna be able not to crash the revit model and he needs someone that can join that's got a uh, their part two and you know has maybe done a little bit of industry experience or maybe they want someone that they feel is going to be hard working and how do you convey someone hard working well it could be the grades you've got of course but doing extracurriculum stuff getting involved in competitions that's going to be really the stuff that stands out and i think that if you've put in all your com um your competitions and all this beautiful stuff you've done then you 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 transcend from being just a robot. And so what we're doing is this is the skill of showcasing your stuff. And I think to end, one of the quotes I will say is, uh, one, um, one of the managing directors of a large architectural practice said to me, Steve, I'm often amazed that you sometimes get typos 
And yet, well, that's the last bonus at the end we forgot to mention. Spell check everything. Make sure there's no typos there. And double check it with a friend. But he said to me, well, he said, Steve, I'm always amazed that an architect, someone who's going to be designing buildings, going to be putting in planning submissions, going to do beautiful documentation, has mistakes on their CV and portfolio. This should be the most important document that you work on in your career. Because it is your career do you get what i mean it's your career it's your thing so that's why it's super super important so you can definitely put a lot of love into it you can definitely you can inject your magic but what i want to do is for someone to see the full round awesomeness of you and to get the points across which they're looking for so okay that's me um what I would say is we can end on a note there. But, oh, I've got one question from Lena at the end, which is a tricky one. But, hey, I like tricky questions. If you're a student that fully hasn't had any experience, then you wouldn't really have much with experience software programs. But you can still use them fairly well from uni. So how can you show that an experience that you're proficient in programs without using those bars, but still without saying that you've, only use them so and so for a year. I would just say, Lena, that I would say you've used the software for two years in during academia. And then if you could do them in industry, then say it then. But we've got people jobs before on the fact that they do have that experience uh, during academia. So I would still say if you've used Revit, I would say you have used it for the last year of your academia. Yeah. So think about it from that point of view. Um, you can always put it in and it's always worthwhile. And while you're in university, it's always good to use this, try to, um, uh, try to use the softwares that employers are going to use. I know that using a Revit BIM model is not ideal when you're trying to do awesome designs in academia at the start, because you're going to be, Revit's going to be clunky to use, but maybe doing aspects of your building in Revit, that could be the thing that w is going to clinch you the job. Or well, if you've done courses as well, sorry. If you've done courses in Revit, for example, say you've done um, 50 hours using, doing a Revit course as well, you put that into the um, skill section. Yeah, exactly. And then you can do them online. There's LinkedIn ones online. You can do a courses. That's a fantastic suggestion. So Madge says, should we include short-term work experience two months or would it look bad? My personal opinion is... Um, when you're further in your career, you can take stuff away. So like on my CV now, if I was updating it, not that I would, McDonald & Company. But if I did, well, I wouldn't put on my role at Waitrose anymore because I passed that. But even though I worked there for a year and a half, I don't need it anymore. So I kind of don't need it anymore. But I think like two of the three months when you've done a few years in experience, you don't need to put in your CV anymore. But I think if you've done two months recently, it's still really good to put on because it shows you've had experience there and you can just say for reasons X, Y, Z, why you're looking for a new job. You can talk about the pandemic. I mean, there's always going to be an element with two months or something short where you're worried about will people make a judgment and you just need to, you need to, first of all, get comfortable with yourself, okay? Because if you're paranoid about the two months, that's not the CV, it's not the piece of paper, that's your mental problem, 
with worrying about how you're going to explain it. So you need to, first of all, come to terms with it. Say now you'll be made redundant. It's just not, it's not ideal. You come to terms with it. You explain in your head why it wasn't the right fit. And when you're in an interview, you would explain, it was great experience. It wasn't quite the right fit for X, Y, Z. But what I've learned from it is ABC. And you can speak to them over here or something like that. You can normally get a reference from most people as well. And sometimes sometimes places aren't the right fit. I've seen people who work three, four months at one place that doesn't work, and then they work for four or five years in the next architectural practice. But that is more about your psychology and um, how you feel being comfortable with short stints. So don't worry about that. Let's, so let's close the session here, Will. Yep. I think that's going to be it, guys. Um, I had fun. This is quite a long session for us, Will, but I feel like we covered a lot of ground. I need to have a glass of water. My my throat's gone. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm sorry. I, I, I came prepared with mine. <laughs> ah, brilliant. Thank you, everyone. It's been an absolute pleasure. You can join me on the Architecture Social. Boom. Join me and Will. Say hello. And next uh, week and tomorrow in the live stream, we will be live again on LinkedIn at 1 p.m. where we do the Architecture Social show, which is more like me and Will blowing off steam, learning a little bit about all the projects on the week and having a bit of banter and fun and learning a few things along the way. Whereas we are going to next week talk about how to go about portfolios. It could be one it could be two because portfolios is quite a big topic and I need to find some um, template portfolios and so that we can just freestyle around. I think it's worked though. Well, hasn't it? Then talking about these templates because it just keeps the conversation moving, doesn't it? Yeah. I think if you've got a visual representation in front of you, it's quite easy to critique it other than just saying check spelling, for example, you can actually visually see it. I think it's much better this way. Yeah. Well, last week, last year, me and Will did the same thing with Jack Moran, uh, who still works alongside us. He does as well planning now, so he's kind of specialised um, as well. And we it was just all three of us, Will, wasn't it, talking? But I think this is definitely better. Next year, we'll have three D CVs, won't we? Some yes, augmented reality CVs. Or you can get like an eye tracking thing. You can use it to see where you where you're looking on the CV and see what grabs your attention. That'd be pretty cool. That would as well. <laughs> that would be cool. I well. On that note, okay, guys, so I am going to call it there. Next uh, week, we will be back with portfolios. You can check us out there. And I have got, let's get a little bit of David Brent. So there we go. We, have, we, we haven't got music. We haven't got the soundboard, but we'll have a bit of David Brent. See you next week. Bye, Will. Thank you very much. Bye. Bye.